0: Uh, Yeah, so thank you everybody for joining us here in San Francisco. We're super excited to be here. We are uh, Eldad. Hey everyone. And I'm Boaz from Firebolt. So some background for those of you who actually haven't heard of the podcast. So what is this event even? So the backstory is this. This guy here uh, loves data, decided to found a data company called Firebolt. Uh, it's pretty good, check us out. But it's not really about firewalls, so a while back, marketing came out with a great idea, let's do a podcast. Uh, and we started to do this data engineering show podcast, which is all about bringing great people from the industry, data practitioners, people who work with data on a daily basis, and just interrogate the hell out of them about their day-to-day, their challenges, uh, their miseries, their points of happiness uh, and everything data related. Um, We don't cut anything out today, so (laughs) embarrassing moments that we have on
1: LinkedIn.
0: Yeah, if you're a speaker today, you cannot escape. Uh, Everything is there to stay. Uh, So the podcast really took off. Uh, We really had a good time doing it. Uh, We have a lot of listeners. And then we decided why not take it on the road. So this is the first sort of uh, attempt to do the podcast uh, on tour. Uh, so, we're very excited to be in San Francisco uh, doing this for the first time. Uh, so, yeah, and we have great speakers lined up. So, are you ready? I'm ready. So, the first speaker uh, to join us uh, uh, is Apoon Iran. Come on, Apoon. Where are you? Woo-hoo! Hello. Hello. It's natural. See, see how he is.
1: First time ever, like doing this. <laughs> He's doing it I, every week. He's don't, a pro. Don't do it on a regular no, basis. Never, first time.
0: It's a hard seat. It's one Try one the one. mic. See, see, see how it feels. Come a little bit closer. Hello. <laughs> so our phone actually, you know, you know. So we all worked from home for, you know, a couple of years ish. Uh, all of us tried a variety of uh, Zoom backgrounds. Some of us went for uh, animated backgrounds. Some of us went for uh, blurred backgrounds. Apun uh, sat very close to his huge Jeep car. uh, And that was his Zoom background in the garage. Uh, The best background I I saw uh, so far. Yeah, that's my favorite place in the house. Quiet, my
1: garage. That's where I work from. (laughs) And it's spotless, the car, also. You need to keep it that way, right? It's (laughs) going to be the background. (laughs) And you know, we've known
0: each other for so long. We started to know each other in COVID yep. and it's first time we're meeting in person. That's true. So there are quite a few people here um, that met us when we started. So just wanna quickly say thank you for believing in us and, and, and kind of you know, being with us uh, to first, you know, when we started. So yeah, it's yeah. great to physically see a lot of you here. Um, so, so yeah, so, so Apur. So Poon uh, is a software engineering director uh, at Slack. Heavy, heavy focus on data, of course, and we get to that. Uh, Poon has been in Slack for around a year and a half-ish. Uh, spent um, uh, a few years prior at Dropbox doing exciting data stuff. But also had a long career behind him uh, in data, Yahoo, Oracle. Uh, he even used to have a DBA title, a title that seems to be disappearing. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that. <laughs> we can talk about that as well. <laughs> uh, introduce yourself then. a little
1: bit further. Anything I missed? No, so I think, think you'd that's like great. to say about yourself that uh, I didn't uh, include? Uh, yeah, sure. So my name is Apun Hiran, mm-hmm. and uh, I've been in the data space for about 20-plus uh, years now, and I started my career as a DBA, actually, right out of like college. And the first thing I was doing was Oracle DBA. And did that for a very long time, like almost 10, 12 years before moving into... Uh, big data space like Hadoop and uh, Druid, uh, and writing big scripts for ETL. And then did a stint in a company called App Dynamics uh, doing software engineering. That was the first time writing code in Java for about two and a half years, uh, building that database monitoring product. And uh, then moved into Dropbox for about two and a half years doing data engineering. And the last five years for me has been more around functional data engineering, uh, primarily like working with business stakeholders like finance, sales, marketing and that's been an interesting uh, change for me moving from the platform side of things, like building uh, our large databases or Hadoop platforms uh, to doing functional data Awesome, so let's start with, you know, you're in Slack. Yep.
0: First day in the office, what's your impression of what's going on with data at Slack?
1: I think the uh, first impressions of data at Slack were pretty good actually. Um, I was pretty, uh, excited to see the data platform that was already available at place and the way it was scaling and the team was amazing uh, that I uh, was uh, going to lead in the company. Uh, we already had a pretty good data stack and I think my job was much easier at Slack than before uh, and from there we're just trying to get to the next level. Uh, out Wait, that, that's interesting. So, so you're saying your job was very hard before. Yes, well, it was. Well, <laughs> well, let's talk about that a little bit. Are we talking about Dropbox? Um, yeah, so uh, at Dropbox Basically, when I joined, I, uh, me and the team, we built out the data stack, like the analytics data stack over there. Uh, so- On pro- Dropbox? <laughs> uh, no. We did get our files on Dropbox, which we used to ingest, <laughs> but that was Think the- Think about exp- what would happen if Dropbox with Keyboard to kind of be an S3 provider. It would be pretty amazing, actually. The technology behind it is is really impressive. So, I, yeah, I wouldn't mind. I mean, we did load data from Dropbox. There were folks that would drop data at Dropbox, and. We would pull the data through APIs into the system, so we did. We
0: definitely did that. But yeah, I promise you, if you're moving back to Dropbox, we're going to release a provider on Dropbox to do cold scan. <laughs> <You're amazing. laughs> so so uh, you're brought into to Stack to uh, into which position? Tell us exactly, you know, Tell us a little bit about the role you took and yeah. and what Yeah, so I joined Slack about a year and a half, and my role was uh,
1: leading the data engineering team, which is the functional data engineering team. Uh, basically looking at sales, marketing, finance, customer success, customer experience, HR, like all the different analytics that you can do other than just product analytics. So that that was my role and I had a wonderful team to lead over there and we've been like building a lot of data products over there uh, since then. And since last couple of months my role has expanded. Uh, got promoted, <laughs> so my role got expanded. <laughs> and, uh, if you, any, uh, most speakers on our podcast get promoted pretty quickly. Uh, <laughs> <before> the <laughs> but yeah, now I also lead the data platform team and the enterprise integration team uh, at uh, Slack. And so, so tell us, uh, yeah. tell us about
0: the, the various teams dealing with data at Slack.
1: Sure. So. Uh, at Slack, we have a pretty large uh, self-serve data platform uh, based on Hive and Presto, uh, where basically anybody at Slack has access to, rep, who can write SQL queries, can go there and write that. But uh, we have uh, a data engineering team which uh, looks at purely around the like the product data, like the usage metrics and stuff like that. And then you have a data science team uh, which works very closely with the product uh, data engineering team, you know, looking at all the new features that are being released or beta releases, A/B testing and things like that. And then uh, we have business analysts spread across all the different, uh, uh, you know, different business units uh, who are pretty SQL savvy and who log into the system, write their own queries, sometimes make our lives difficult because, uh, you know, (laughs) we fix those queries. But uh, so we have a lot of data folks, uh, uh, a pretty robust self of platform uh, at Slack.
0: So, so, you know, during those year and a half you know, when you joined and, and since, what were sort of the, the, the priorities uh, and sort of the parts you took on to evolve the, the stack?
1: Yeah, so I think the uh, biggest priority for us were to have reliable metrics as sales, Slack sales was growing rapidly. And to support the sales organization with reliable metrics, timely metrics, that was like the f-
0: we all here contributed to sales. We're yep. using the free
1: version, Thank you, right? <laughs> 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 yeah, so I think there Without were not the free version. <laughs> so yeah, there were like pretty lofty goals by from Stewart and all the sales organization around like growing sales at a very very fast rate. So the first thing that we came in is to build a very robust. Uh, sales analytics system and bringing in all the important metrics around and, and the experience the user experience that come with those metrics So that was probably the first biggest challenge uh, that happened, but for us the other challenge happened was the acquisition So then there was a second series of things like how do you kind of uh, You know look at metrics the salesforce ways, so that we can align on metrics. So some of those things that come with the acquisition uh, Have become pretty critical in terms of merging the platform and uh, at the same time we were also looking at certain gaps in the platform that we had in terms of you know not having a very robust data catalog not having a proper data quality tool so we were having a lot of issues with data quality at some at one point of time and we would usually get uh, like notified by the end users that this doesn't look right which is so what's what was like a typical example uh, i mean uh, a typical example will be like data load that is say coming from a crm application and we load that data and uh, during the data load, uh, a few of the files got, got missed uh, because of some error during the copy command uh, that happened. And by the time that goes to the on-call and the alerting system, it has already been published, dashboard has already been refreshed. And, and then there were like other data issues where the lack of data, uh, a job was supposed to run in two hours, it's been hand for 24 hours, and now the end user doesn't know why there is no data. or the data is like half-paid. So, and how do you go about fixing that? Oh, we use Slack a lot for for uh, for alerting, triaging, and all of that stuff. So we made Slack at, as, at like at the middle of everything that we do, like all the alerts that go down to a channel. We gave him this idea, by the way. Yeah. So we, we we definitely leverage uh, Slack and a lot of workflow in Slack to kind of uh, be proactive in messaging if there are delays and and things like that. So that was. One thing was just around like building the ecosystem around alerting, better monitoring, better on-call support for all of that stuff, and the other was like looking at like what's the root cause of these these uh, issues. Can you be more proactive around like you know, you know publishing data uh, only after the data loads are complete and we you know that there are no errors? So like we we thinking the entire ETL pipelines the way they have been built, and uh, I must say we're we're in a much much better situation right now. Now we're at a place where we are. Uh, actually trying to identify data issues which are not ETL related, like, which are like actual data issues where like somebody has, the source system data has problems, so like building alerts around that. So we've come a long way in like one year. Uh, so, a, a, and most of it, all of
0: that approach to you know to improve data quality, uh, that was essentially you know, in the data engineering team,
1: your team. That's correct. And we also worked with, the, like there was also functional data issues, so we had to work with the functional teams like uh, that we need to fix this data upstream. So we did identify. So we became like that team which uh, we're identifying issues from source systems and reporting them as well. Like from just being the folks that we get the alerts through our EDL, uh, pipeline pipelines. Tell us about the, the data stack. So you know how what's in place there. Yeah. So uh, like I mentioned, we have a, a data lake in, uh, which is uh, on S3 with uh, Presto on top of it, which is self-serve environment and. Uh, where people can uh, write their own queries, publish their dashboards as well, like a uh, 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 like Apache U like uh, environment. Um, and which departments
0: typically? Which kinds of users typically run their own queries there?
1: Yeah, so almost all users run that queries because that's the data lake. You get all of granular data available over there. Uh, but I would say data science is probably the biggest use uh, use case for that data set. But uh, but uh, almost everybody in the company who. Means any kind of product information would go there and uh, look at the data in that environment. There's
0: analysts or sort of Uh, data people embedded within the different departments? Yes, there are.
1: So every, every team product, there are product analysts, marketing analysts, sales analysts, and they are all pretty people savvy. They would go run queries. And at times there has been like we have written queries for them and like given them the link and they just run it like. Every now and then to
0: get their uh, their reports and numbers as well. You mentioned before, you know, the lack of uh, data cataloging a little bit. You know, in a big company like Slack, uh, you know, with analysts embedded across departments, how does knowledge sharing work? How do they know what to what metrics to look at? Uh,
1: How does knowledge sharing (laughs) work? They (laughs) Looker, now they have Slack. (laughs) So. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's a problem and it's always been a problem. There's a nice search and people type keywords and they find a table which looks like the right thing to look at and they write queries and uh, they look at data that way. Uh, and then the data would not match with the published dashboards and then they'll come back to some data engineering team and like, why is this number not looking the same as my number? And we will kind of go ahead and tell them what the right table to look at. Uh, you know, that's a problem with any self-serve platform there is. But there has been a lot of investment made on the uh, metadata management part, on the uh, on the high environment as well, and like people putting in comments and putting uh, column definitions, table definitions in there, uh, and like uh, creating the right schemas where you have conformed data set where somebody is monitoring those data sets. So th- those are some of the changes that happened on the self-serve side of uh, like the analytics platform that we have. And uh, in what data volumes are they dealing with, and like? So I, I don't have like the number, but I, I know like it's upward of like like the whole data warehouse like they're like upward of thirty petabytes in in size and such. I, I don't have the numbers like what's the injection every day, but you can imagine like every message that you're sending is an event which is being captured like. The message is captured and put somewhere else, which is more secure. But the event that you know Boa send a message to somebody is an event, and we want to see how many messages you sent, and like how many messages are file sending, and so all of that kind of. Thing. So it's a lot, lot of. This data. guy is
0: counting your messages <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and your emojis too. <laughs> <laughs> so What, what are the, uh, you know some of the more popular data sets, or you know, are those aggregated
1: um, post batch kind of? Uh, yeah, yeah, of so course. It's, it's, so like all, all the user-related metrics are, are like daily uh, aggregated, uh, like company like account metrics, company metrics, like like fireboard, like what's at the company level, how many messages, how many weekly active users, monthly active users. Those are like aggregated on a on a daily basis. Okay, just a little bit about uh, the setup in place for those jobs. Yes. How do you and what's yeah. in place? so uh, we use Airflow uh, as our uh, orchestration platform again. Uh, Airflow and then we create ETL jobs over there. Uh, So basically that would be the data engineering teams which are creating these ETL jobs uh, and publishing them as conformed data sets on the self-serve environment. So that's like one part of our uh, uh, data infrastructure which caters to, like I said, product-related metrics. And then there's the other part which is uh, all of the business-facing data sets, dashboards, uh, which uh, we use uh, Snowflake, Material as an ETL platform. And uh, we have Looker and Tableau uh, as the BI platforms over there. So that's all where the, like, the functional data engineering happens. we have like, I don't know, maybe over 100 different data sources at this point of time. And you know, bringing them all in, that, that all happens in the, the second part of the platform. And as for the data warehouse you
0: know, with, with Snowflake, is the data engineering team solely in charge of everything that's going on there? Or is there also sort of a level of self-serve that,
1: that people can use Snowflake for their own? Uh, thing. Yeah, so I think uh, when we initially started, it was uh, purely uh, held in place by the data engineering team. And uh, but uh, as the use cases, as a lot of people wanted to ingest their Excel spreadsheets to do analytics and stuff like that, so we tried to uh, create like a separate environment in Snowflake, which is self serve. Which uh, you know, you, there's an infrastructure around. You have a Google sheet and you want to load that and do some analytics, and uh, you can do that by providing some metadata in, in a Spreadsheet. So we do
0: that as well. I have a, I have a question. Um, what do you, what happens when someone edits a message? Do you keep the same ID? Do you run
1: a DVD script that updates everything? I have no Does idea. Is it append only? <laughs> I have no idea. That, that, that's a is someone
0: concerned now that Twitter is going to sub- release an edit feature on Twitter? <laughs> is that something the board is discussing?
1: I'm sure a lot of people have that on their mind. <laughs> Since yesterday. <laughs>
0: um, how you know how does Slack you, know, you mentioned a variety of, of of things in the Slack, you you mentioned Presto and Snowflake and the items like you know, Lucre and, and Tableau. Um, how does Slack go about you know, testing new things?
1: Do, are there pockets of, of technologies elsewhere that sort of are more uh anecdotal? So you're you're talking from the like a new feature that is being introduced? Yeah. So yeah, uh, Slack, uh, like the product engineering team, uh, they have their own like roadmap in terms of what products, uh, features that they would want to introduce. There is a component where the data teams are involved in terms of like what kind of uh, metrics, usage uh, information that we would want to derive from a particular feature. So it's it's more like a collective thing. You you have folks from sales, like how do you want to sell a product, involved and like what kind of metrics you would need from that product, uh, involved in this kind of discussion before something goes into like production. And there's a beta phase where people are testing A/B testing with some like uh, with, with a few customers and, and whatnot. But once it goes into production, it's more like collective equipment, and you know, build those data sets, and then it propagates all the way uh, for analytics as well. Can you give us like a, a
0: recent example of service? Sort of, that's, that's a process where it is interesting to support an upcoming
1: feature uh,
0: with data thinking around it.
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, I think Slack introduced uh, the feature of Huddle. Uh, and Slack Connect, not too long, like, like in I think a year and a half ago, and we have all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So th- those two features uh, were built uh, particularly that way in terms of because Slack Connect w- is one of those features where you can connect with anybody. Uh, who is on the slack platform as such beyond your organization and uh, it was uh, one of the very critical features that was released by slack so we wanted to make sure that we're able to track the usage how much time people are spending how how our permissioning and approvals and all of that stuff is is being taken care of and uh, that that was a collective discussion between even with sales like how do you want to sell this this feature and how will you track that and uh, same with huddle and Huddle is another most popular new feature of Slack in terms of uh, uh, people using it, and, and, and we can see the uh, usage growth uh, almost every day. So yeah, both those features were done that way. And
0: so yeah. relatively early on, you get you guys get pulled in, and sort of metrics are agreed on in advance, or you know you guys need, know in advance what is expected to be reported on,
1: and then when it's launched, it's just there. Yeah, I mean, it's not as perfect as it sounds, <laughs> but uh, there, there are different definitely uh, iterations of, of that, but. We do uh, go with like requirements like what would you need at bare minimum to launch something and like what kind of data requirements are there because we are talking about like software engineers and data engineers software engineers are building this particular uh, pro- uh, like pro- uh, product feature they think differently sometimes in terms of what is critical from like the metrics perspective or logging perspective from what data engineers and, and business think so it's a good idea to like, come together uh, in the beginning. Are there any collaborations between
0: software engineering and data engineering in that?
1: Um, I, I have no idea. Like I have not been. I've been just there for a year and a half. But uh, I definitely see that we work together a lot. Like even from as simple as like you know you have to update the website with certain information which is critical to marketing. We do work very closely with the with the web web, uh, web team. Like how do you want to present this? How will I get that information from the logs? Which will you know where will it arrive? And how can I push it to the marketing team? So yes, we do do a lot of uh, collaboration that way. But not like on a product as such. I, I'm not that I know of. Um, what was like, you know,
0: uh, so in your time in, in Slack, um, uh, what's like uh, one of the nightmare situations you were in? What's like the worst complaints you got at the data department? This doesn't work, this is wrong. Tell us a horror
1: story. But keep this mind. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, there, there are, there's like just like anecdotally, one horror story for me was just coming from a different company to Slack and to figure out that there are no emails you don't get any emails everything is on slack and then slowly in the in the first week you're added to some 200 channels across seven workspaces and like it's like total nightmare you don't know where to go forward uh, but it is a horse though yeah, yeah it was like very difficult for me for the first month and a half and i i, I think it's still difficult on days uh, but uh, from data perspective, I think we, we also do a lot of bots, like Slack bots, like I mentioned, uh, where we publish data uh, to execs on a daily basis uh, of the company performance from both sales numbers and usage, uh, usage metrics. And that's like a very critical bot. And there are other bots, marketing bots, sales bots, and whatnot, But that's like an exec bot. It's very critical. And you're sending that over an email? No, <laughs> all Slack. Yeah. Everything is Slack. And that is something that everybody has eyes on 9 a.m., like it's published at 9 a.m. and then, and those numbers are very critical everybody's looking at like the whole pacific time yeah pacific, time. Yes, <laughs> everything is pacific time. and uh, it's uh, so yeah that particular thing it has uh, broken at, at certain times which is very critical like quarter and year ends and stuff like that where everybody is like you know uh, from the from the cto to the cio or ceo everybody's like thinking like why does the numbers look wrong i, I why why these numbers are not trending correctly and then if, if it's a simple data issue, it's fine. But if it's an infrastructure issue, it becomes a nightmare. So that, that was one of them that happened on one of those critical quarter events uh, around publishing uh, business metrics. And that is something I check every day morning. Like, OK, wait, did we publish? Yes, we published. Like great. <laughs> how do you guys go about, so, so let's say something
0: like that happens. What, what do you guys do, like a promo? what do you guys do, like a, a postmortem? or how do you go about learning from your mistakes?
1: Uh, yeah, sure. So uh, we do maintain a lot of documentation like purely from like uh, runbooks and uh, from like on-call perspective and certain critical uh, pipelines like this, like I mentioned, uh, exec ports have a pretty solid documentation and as part of all our Jira stories, we have an on- uh, we have like one story that we created around, around documentation, like make sure you're updating the runbooks, you're updating the documentation so uh, it's been through like brown bag sessions like especially something like this kind of visible event happens we make sure that we do a brown bag we bid with the whole team uh, both like offshore onshore team to educate educate focus to what exactly happened and uh, you know record those sessions document them and then also update the runbooks so what uh
0: what this? What are your plans now for the future? So, sort of twelve months forward, what do you want to achieve in your data? So, I, I
1: think we we are right now like on a journey to like like go to the like whatever platform tool It's like cheesy to say but like tool or whatever. So, right now, if you look at it, it's a pretty simple data platform from my perspective. You have a data warehouse, you have a BI tool, you have a ETL platform, like. Uh, but then there are there are a lot of questions around like what do you have in your data warehouse like the catalog piece. so uh, that is something very critical that we are working collectively right now we were evaluating tools uh, like relation open metadata and things like that to build a more cohesive data catalog with a proper data lineage model, specifically with things like Tableau and the table down there uh, then the second thing uh, uh, is purely around uh, data quality checks like we are also evaluating around know, like certain final stages of evaluation of certain tools like to do automated data kind of similar like Monte Carlo atacama and things like that so those are critical uh, junctures and uh, the, the third piece that we are working collectively as a team is to how do you present the data that you have in a data warehouse in, in different blood different plant. like how do you present it through apis uh, how do you present this data more programmatic, programmatically and uh, in certain use cases, we have requirements to build like microservices for like marketing use cases where you have enrichment processes and all of that stuff. So th- th- these are like the next, I-, I think in my mind, the next 12 months are going to be like programmatic data uh, and then data catalog and data quality tools. Uh,
0: Can you go me into one of the programmatic examples? Yeah, sure.
1: So uh, I'll give you an ex- example like uh, marketing events like an event like this, okay? uh, something like that. Then you have all the email addresses of folks that come here and then you uh, you want to make sure that you send email campaigns on, on these. People. But you don't know everybody here like who is a manager, who is, who is an engineer, and things like that. So, so uh, folks like, uh, we, and there are different platforms that generate this data. So people will get this data in like an Excel spreadsheet or a CSV. Now, part of the job that our team is to ingest the data, enrich this data with information about the company you come from, about the individual, what is your role, responsibility, and you know, calling different APIs. And, and then check your marketing database, like our marketing database, to see if this ex- it's already exists. And if it exists, uh, did we get any new information uh, in that and update that? that. So th- this whole pipeline needs to be fairly quick in general, like from the ingestion to the time you can see into a targeting dashboard to see who all I need to target for, like, uh, marketing. So you had to run the whole
0: pipeline when you got promoted? Sorry? You had to rerun the whole script when you got promoted? (laughs) It happens every day anyway.
1: (laughs) It's a daily pipeline. But, like, trying to build all of these in a more programmatic... Similar example would be consent management. This is big, like, from compliance perspective. If I have to target somebody, I want to make sure that I have the latest consent information for that particular so that is an API based, uh, like a programmatic data access that I would want to provide to the business. Just because like, just in marketing, you have about like 40 different platforms that are being used for either email marketing, web marketing and, and whatnot. And like how to integrate, how to build one single source of truth for this kind of information. That that, that would be like one example. Within well, the central data engineering
0: team, you, know, you guys serve the marketing teams, sales teams, you have dedicated sort of, uh, Teams, especially within your bigger team. Yes,
1: uh, we do have. Like, we have folks uh, on the team who are, who've been like who have a lot of experience working with sales organizations in, at Slack, at previous organizations, and they have a very great experience on CRM and things like that. So yes, they they lead the sales data engineering, finance data engineering. Uh, uh, Roles. Similar with marketing. Marketing is a very complex thing, uh, so we have a lot of folks who come with that background, like building multi-touch attribution models and things like that. So, yes, we do have dedicated folks around. But we also kind of, you know, people get bored doing the same thing, so we do move people around based on their interests. What about quality? Do
0: you also analyze quality, or is that something that's being done only by engineering?
1: Data quality? Like
0: quality of product, quality of service. Like when yes. my message gets kind of eventually consistent, yeah. it is consistent.
1: So yes, I, I yeah, my, like my team doesn't look at that part, but what we look at is like customer experience. Like we do analytics around that. Like are people logging tickets? Are people uh, complaining about something? And like uh, managing those that data set, that dashboard and presenting it to the right team so that the support folks can look at it. So yeah, that part, but not like the product in terms of eventual consistency. And I'm sure that's the product team that does that.
0: How do all the different data organizations work together and, and collaborate?
1: Uh, yeah, so uh, we do work a lot independently in there, but there, there is, uh, uh, like if I need, like my team needs product data of a particular manner, I would go uh, talk to the product manager on the, uh, on the product data team and, and provide them uh, like the details of information that I would need. Like an example would be Huddle. Like I wanna use Huddle, uh, Slack's Huddle metrics. So I will provide them that information and then they usually work in two weeks sprints. Depending on how big that uh, particular uh, uh, requirement is, they will they prioritize it. And then once that data is available, we will use that data and publish it in dashboards. So it, it is, uh, and but, but the engineers like collaborate with each other. They have, they have the community for data engineers to sort of, talk to each other and stuff like that. But like, more formal work is done through product managers and DBMs uh, for private.
0: Awesome. Um, one benefit, I think. Question coming from the crowd. Yeah. No,
1: another question. I was. There's a question to yeah, a yeah.
0: So unlike the podcast we typically do, there's people here, so uh, we can use that. So now's the time for a few questions from the crowd, uh, and you know you don't have to be ask about anything. No. <laughs> anything. Personal. Especially about Dropbox. <laughs> Personal matters too. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. Thank you for being here.
1: Uh, can you stand up so we can hear you oh, sure. Uh, Thanks, thanks for being here, and I wanted to ask you is that uh, when you joined uh, and now you're transforming to functional uh, database development, what were some of the challenges they faced and uh, why did you choose the stack you had? Was it just because of the past, of the prior, or was there any kind of uh, vision involved there? Yes, I, from what I understand, like two parts to the question, like what are the challenges in what we do, and like why did I move from more towards functional data engineering? Yeah. yeah. So I, I think challenges that I would say is I, I did prepare some slides and said, but the, the challenges around but that we have is just the the three V's, the famous three V's: volume, variety, and like just the the amount of data sources. You get data CSV, XML, JSON. You get flat files like spreadsheets. It's just just crazy like parquet files like. Avro formats and whatnot, so that is, yeah? yeah. So yeah, so that, those those are the kind of challenges that like the team works on on a daily basis, just to figure out how to ingest data in a more effective manner and build like scalable data models. Uh, for me, I, I came from the data platform side, like doing databases for a long time and Big Data, and uh, so I was on the side where I had no, I had no idea about what business does. All I did was data. Like I built the platform and I, I served the data, and that's all. And I was always curious about the fact, like, how the business works, like, how do you sell things, how, what is important to that. So that's why I decided to move into the functional data engineering space. And I'm definitely loving it. The challenges are very different, uh, but similar, but different. In the back. Thank you. Um, so, from an organization perspective, uh, you mentioned software engineering and data engineering. What do like, uh, there are part of the job
0: that, uh, that is technically for data engineering, but it involves a lot of business logic. Like the example mentioned, like, uh, we want to know people to add it or some other even more complex uh, operation. So, when, so um, in your mind, like, should the data engineering team stay away with from the business logic, or it makes sense? to Because if we move data engineering
1: to the software engineering team, uh, for the east, uh, for the knowledge of the business logic, then the software engineering is not that capable to handle all
0: the data engineering uh, like, uh, challenges.
1: So it's a yeah, dilemma between the engineering capability and business logic. Yeah, so I think uh, business logic in general usually lies in either the, the platform that you're using that's in the sense like when I when you say business logic, if it's a business logic built in a CRM platform, it's, it's, it's part of the platform but data as data engineers we are always looking at the business logic to generate metrics like a simple example with weekly active users is a, is a metric it's a very complex metric it's a simple it sounds very complex metric and you need to get the definition and you need to build that business logic as a data engineer and this uh, and publish those metrics so if you're looking at more like slack as a product and the business logic in the product um, i think it's 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 more software engineering in my mind. Data engineering is more like an input to that to that process. Like you know, what metrics we see or we generate, maybe you know the, the business logic needs to change somehow. I, I don't have yeah. a very like great example for that, but uh, yeah, that that's where I think the delineation is usually. You're uh, the <laughs> <laughs>